everyone to another episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me as always is co-host Steve Menz. If it's your first time listening, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the Blaney Racing family for two decades and Team Blaney itself has been offering news, notes, and analysis to fans on social media since 2014. So go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the cookout Southern 500 this past weekend at Darlington Raceway. Steve, welcome back for another episode of the podcast. We were both in Darlington this weekend uh, for the events that happened there. And uh, it was an exciting time, kickoff to the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. And it's always great to go back to a historic track like Darlington. Yeah, we had a, a pretty good weekend there um, as uh, as fans. Um, and just, just the spectacle of the whole thing uh, was pretty impressive. Um, never being to that track before. It was, it was really cool to see that track in action. Um, not really a bad seat in the house, no matter where you're at, you know, the, the banking of the turns, make sure that the, the, uh, the action, um, you know, is always better live than on TV. Um, so, you know, it just, uh, it was, a, it was a pretty good weekend overall. We got to see um, practice and qualifying on Saturday and, and uh, the race on Sunday and, uh, Got to see a lot of good things. Got to got to talk to some people, um, which is great. I found out, you know, some people actually listen to the podcast. That was great. <laughs> I mean, we have numbers. We know that we know there are people listening, but <laughs> plenty. <laughs> but but uh, it's interesting to hear that some of the people that are listening are uh, people that uh, can keep us honest. You know. <laughs> now I always hear it described, and I had this uh, kind of feeling the first time we went to Darlington. But you know, coming out of the parking lot, you walk under the arch, you kind of see the track, you kind of get in there. People are always like, "Oh, you can get goosebumps. You can kind of feel the the ghosts around you." You know, you can see Kale Yarborough like driving down the backstretch, or like, like, do you feel? Did you did you kind of get that sense from being at a place that's been around for you know seventy plus years on the on the Cup schedule? You know, for, for being an older facility, it doesn't look like an older facility. I mean, it's it's in pretty good condition, pretty good shape. It's not like uh, tattered and torn or anything like that. Uh, um, so, yeah, you don't get that feeling. Um, it's not not like the lost speedways or anything like that. <laughs> you know, we drove, which we did. We drove by Rockingham um, once or twice on our way back to your hotel. But, uh, yeah, it um it doesn't feel like an older place or an older facility. Um, the racing is old school. Um, and definitely, you know, watching them try to try to handle turns three and four, uh, was pretty incredible, especially since we were actually down in turn four. Um, like runs so close to the wall, mm -hmm. even Ryan too early in runs. Like it's just unbelievable how close they get and where you, you guys sat in, you know, three and four, and we haven't sat in that section before, but we have sat, sat toward the end of the main grandstand. And that's my favorite spot. Cause you can see them riding that wall the whole way around. And I think it's kind of the best action spot to be mm -hmm. at for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, on Saturday he got a stripe. Yep. If it's a practice, I don't know if it was qualifying, but he got a stripe because uh, we saw them uh, fixing it on Sunday. So, as seen on Team Blaney uh, Twitter account, yeah, yeah. we're able to kind of get that photo from when we were down in the in the garage wandering around. So, um, 
in the racing this weekend, I mean, in both races, and uh, once again, I apologize, we brought the rain with us. And uh, you, so you you brought the rain. I see. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I brought the rain from Daytona. And because uh, we did get to see the start of the Xfinity race. And then two and a half hours later, they had a rain delay. Uh, the finish of that was wild uh, between uh, Sheldon Creed and Larson and, and Noah Gregson. Um, that and a ton of fans there for the Xfinity race too, which surprised me. I'm not kind of used to seeing that at some of the other places that we've been. And then obviously the racing on Sunday, uh, one of it ended up being, I think a little over four hours, but yeah, one of the longest races of the year in a grueling race where you see tons of pit stops, which was perfect mm-hmm. for us. We did get to have the opportunity to kind of hang out uh, near uh, Ryan's pit box and watch a race from down there, which is the first time that my wife and I have ever done that. Uh, so we took that opportunity to see that up close. And luckily, like I said, with this race, tons of pit stops. So we got to see a lot of action down there. Um, go, the team goes through tons of tires. And like you said, old school racing, uh, slip, slipping and sliding, you know, there's kind of comers and goers and a fresh set of tires means a lot at this track. So uh, why don't we go ahead and dive into our recap, as we said, of Ryan Blaney's run in the cookout Southern 500 this past weekend at Darlington Raceway, the kickoff for the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Yeah, they went um, Saturday's practice and qualifying, um, and he was in Group A. Um, you know, with both practices, you know, Group A is always slower than Group B for some reason. Um, so when it all shook out, he was like 21st quick overall um, from both sessions. Um, I was able to get the first body armor picture of the weekend at that point uh, <laughs> from there. Uh, it was water. Yeah, body armor water was the big one all weekend long. <laughs> I didn't see a lot of flavors. Um so they do go out in group a and, um, he puts up a, a time that actually hangs on to the fifth position in group a. So that's great. Kind of qualify for the poll, um, goes, out, uh, uh, first for qualifying in the, for the poll and, uh, hangs on to ninth. Um, it, really not that far off. Um, but it's just one of those things where they, you know, I don't know, but that the one, uh, the 22 car ends up winning the pole. Yeah. So within the Penske group, they've got the speed, they've got some things figured out. Um, you know, they, I don't know how close or different. Sometimes they set up the cars based on the driver, but, uh, just a little off, but not far off and, uh, good enough, probably as the night goes on, on, on Saturday, you know, Yeah, I was happy with the top 10 start. I mean, he kind of squeaked in there. Uh, just to be able to to run for the pole in the first place. And then, yeah, as you said, the 22 and the two started up front and Ryan started toward the back of the top 10. But uh, I thought it was a good place to start the day and knowing that it's going to be such a long day with uh, a lot of strategies and a lot of pit stops. Yeah, well, he makes a statement about staying staying in it all day. And um, that ends up being, you know, part of his post, post-race statement too, is that they, they finished the race. And um, as we go through some of the stuff and some of the things that happen to other people, um, pretty important to do what you, you're going to do. And we'll find out later when we're looking at the standings too. Um, so we got uh, stages 115, 230, and 367. Um, the 99 car um, failed uh, the, the inspection process, uh, what, three times? Yeah, three times so, passed on the fourth. Yep. So he had to do, he got no no qualifying and... Um, no pit selection. You know, pit selection, right. He gets to be last on that. Uh, tail in the field plus a pass through <laughs> at the start of the race so um 
his day is incredible <laughs> when you follow him uh, like your wife does. Uh, you know, he actually does pretty well for everything that happened to him. Yeah, won't say who, um, but we did hear a funny quip. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, it sucks for them. They had a bad day. <laughs> uh, quip from somebody at the track said, well, that's what happens when you try to cheat. <laughs> got a chuckle out of that but i mean the teams are always trying to push the limits and i mean they go through this laser scan and i'm sure you know and the the problem with that too is you know you try to fix what you're you're off on and then it creates other problems and um i don't wish that on any team because that could quickly happen to this 12 team at any time with the way that they're they're trying to get these cars set up yeah um, competition caution was set for t- lap 25 and ends up getting pushed to lap 35 here with some of the things, but, um, uh, by lap three, Ryan settles into 12th, um, starting on the inside is yeah. not a good thing all night long. Cause the, uh, the outside is the, the leader takes the outside. It gets the better jump. And then literally you want to be on the outside, uh, in those first couple laps, it's a lot easier to pass up there. So, um, uh, lap sixth is the caution for the rain <laughs> on the front stretch. Couldn't and believe it's just it. a sprinkle. It's just a sprinkle. You can see um, actually uh, down in turns two, one and two right there is where it started to come over, but then it actually started raining down the front stretch a little bit. And didn't one, one little cloud too. Yeah. That's what it at did. least made me happy was it wasn't dark all around. It was one cloud. And I would have to say maybe may your opinion too. Do you think NASCAR was really quick to throw the caution this time based oh. on what happened? yeah they were being real careful which is understandable yeah uh, you know if, if it would have poured and they plowed into it then we would have had that whole thing again yeah. so yeah for a while now they're going to be pretty careful i'm sure and um it was it wasn't even enough to bring a jet dryer out no no it didn't you know so it wasn't like lost the track or anything like that um we actually get a restart by lap 17 um and uh by lap 29 he's back to 15th um and we get the competition caution at lap 35. Now they're pitting uh, in 15th, out 15th here. Um, restarts uh, lap 40, and he's up to 11th by 40, lap 44, uh, lap 55 up to 10th. Um, and we get to lap 66. The 24 takes the lead off of the 22. Um, and lap 72, we get some green flag pit cycle. Always good stuff. Um, eighth um, until it comes out eighth till lap uh, 85 then he's up to ninth and um he races with the 22 um at you know at lap 108 they're back and forth i was gonna um, say this got a little dicey i've seen i didn't really get to see much of that action on track but i did get to see some of the replays and yeah uh, there's some contact some contact between teammates but nobody got wrecked so that's fine yeah um but yeah a little bit of the 22 slipping up into him and honestly and ryan you know it seems like you know i guess we're gonna race this out yeah, and they did to. and i mean i mean that helps that early on in the race you also need to know what your car is capable of because you might be racing somebody like that you know in the last 10 laps so mm-hmm. um good learning experience really glad nobody ended up uh on a hook yeah at uh, lap 113 the nine car spins and, and then takes out the 14 and that was just like what, uh, nobody even did nothing broke that we know of i mean it just happened and, lost uh, it. and it i mean and, it happens to a teammate of his later on too and in, in turn four but um everyone going into the playoffs talked about chase and how he has this huge cushion and we'll talk about this a little bit later with your your playoff big board but uh, that cushion is, is gonzo right now, mm-hmm. but yep. all it takes is a win from the nine team and they're right back in it. But it's just insane how, how crazy it turns just in, in one stage of a race. Yeah. One swoop. Um, 
So it, that's right before the caution. So the, the uh, for the end of the stage. So lap one fifteen, we get that. The twenty four wins the stage. Ryan uh, was in ninth at that point. We get stage points right off the bat, and uh, this is really interesting too because there are points and times where there are guys um, inside the top ten who are uh, non playoff guys too. So not only are you getting stage points. But there are two or three guys at the end of the stage who don't get any points at all because they weren't in the top 10 and there were non-playoff guys in the top 10. And it really kind of uh, jumbles the standings. And then when we get the winner that we get, it really messes things up because we don't get that automatic berth the next round either. And I'll have to say, I mean, I already talked about Ryan battling Joey there, but Ryan battled to stay in the top 10. There was like three or four different guys Mm-hmm. Um, that came up and he got passed um, at, at a point, but like that came up and challenged him for position. And, um, you know, he seemed like he knew what was on the line. He needed mm-hmm. to get those stage points. He was in position to at least pick up a couple. And uh, there's guys that would get down to the inside and he'd battle with them and they wouldn't be able to make the pass. And at Darlington, especially with the way the new car is, if you do a try to attempt to make a pass and you don't make it, you're going to lose ground. And that luckily happened a few mm-hmm. times here. And yeah, but it does come home in that first stage with some valuable points, even though it was just a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're uh, pitting ninth. Uh, they come out uh, in ninth, come out ninth. Um, at lap 122, the 18 uh, is the one leading the field to the green. Uh, by lap 136, he's up to eighth. Um, at 152, we started a green flag pit cycle. Um, and like 10 laps later, he's still back in eighth. So they do a pretty good job there. At uh, lap 170, he's up to sixth at this point. And then at lap 179, we have the caution for the 38. Um, they pit uh, sixth. They come out seventh. At lap 185, uh, he gets back to sixth pretty quickly there. Um, at lap 192, the five spins causing a caution. Um, and that was right in front of you. I think I, and it, it just filled yeah. our whole area because I mean, you were sitting in the grandstand basically across from where we were at Ryan's pit box and it just smoke everywhere. And, um, I don't remember if that spin actually benefited the five because the five actually had what they thought was this kind of engine trouble early on. They went down three laps. He spins out here, brings out a caution, um, <laughs> He had had it wave did not rounds. seem like it was a good day for him. He had some wave rounds in there, and I think this actually yeah. helped him. Yeah, They're saying it probably didn't happen on purpose. No, I don't think it so. helped him because he had taken a wave round, was back on on the. I think at the, that point he may have been back on the lead lap, and so it kind of helped him. So then he could actually pit, yeah, get fresh tires and not lose that lap in a wave round. Um, they uh, they're pitting. They go in six. They come out fifth although it ends up being sixth because the seven car stays out stays at this out. point yeah. and um you know i i thought he was gonna be like a a, a moving roadblock but actually he hung on for a little while and, and stayed up there for a little while and guys passed him properly and didn't wreck him but um you know he was a little bit i want to say in the way but he after five or ten laps was holding his own because everybody's towels equaled uh, out a little bit there and lajoy is i mean he ran actually in the top 10 for a lot of the race in the spring too so mm-hmm. darlington is one of those racetracks where even if you don't have the best car if you know the best line and i actually mm-hmm. heard a lot of drivers in interviews this week and even after the race a lot of them look at hamlin 
uh, because Hamlin's won there four times, you know, he's kind of like the Darlington master and you'll hear them say like, oh, I tried Hamlin's line and, you know, one and two, and then I you know, would switch it up in three and four. But if you can run a really good line here, Eric Jones, which who obviously goes on to some success here and has won there previously mm-hmm. has finished in the top 10. He finished in the top 10 every single race when he was with Joe Gibbs before he went over to the 43. So it just seems like if you can get that track, get that line, you can hang in there and the seven really was kind of impressive mm-hmm. here. I mean, he didn't stay first, but man, he yeah. hung in. Yeah. Um, lap one ninety seven is the restart itself. Like by lap two or three, Ryan's up to fifth. Um, at lap two eighteen, the 51 spins. <laughs> um, this pit stop's really good here. This pit stop, they go in fifth, they come out third. It was awesome (laughs) and uh the best part about being down there was definitely seeing these guys go to work live um you can see it on tv but when you can actually you know especially that first pit stall coming in you know ryan's coming in hot um there you know just even watching them anticipate the stop getting over the wall i was talking to you about guys leaping over other guys or throwing the hoses out um and i knew i mean i didn't you know have a stopwatch or anything but i knew that was a good stop Mm -hmm. and you know they come out third and um, I mentioned to you, it's like, they're not like really seem to be a bunch of guys that are, you know, jumping around high-fiving after a good stop like that. They're very team Penske, like they're mm-hmm. very business-like. And it's like, you know, you know, we're here to do a job. We did our job. Um, let's move on. So that was, uh, that was definitely an electric moment of the evening. Yeah. At, um, yeah. At the end of the stage is lap two thirty. Uh, the 18 wins the stage, but Ryan finishes third. Big so time, big time, big, stage points. big stage points here. And at this point of the race, uh, from what we've seen, they, they've been working on the adjustments. Um, the car is getting better. I don't hear as much from Ryan on the scanner at this point about, uh, you know, the adjustments are slight, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Keep up with the track that, you know, that this went down, the, you know, it's, it's getting a little cooler. The track's getting more grip. And um, those are the kind of things they're working on. Uh they pit uh, third, come out fourth. So not too bad here. Um, this is one of those things now though, where, um, the choose cone ends up being pretty big, you know, because I believe it's the two, um, Gibbs cars that end up lined up with each other. And Ryan ends up with Joey lined up with him and doesn't, doesn't take off very good on this restart, but, um, the 18 leads, um, like I said, the restart doesn't go real well here at lap 236. Ryan ends up back to sixth. Um, and at lap, really nothing really happens till lap 270 there. They start green flag pitting. And this is this to me is the the, the point of the race that everything gets um, discombobulated. Uh, the four cars on fire. It takes a while for them to call a caution. And I know exactly what that is. That's because the green flag cycle had started. Not everybody had pitted yet. And they really kind of wanted it that cycle to complete before anything before they throw a caution if they absolutely have to and the, um, the pit stop here was good they had yeah. actually i believe had gained some ground right up until that that happened because and i just based that off of who he came out of uh that was running behind him that was running ahead so i didn't know exactly with everything all the chaos it's hard to understand the lineup but i was like oh he picked yeah. up some spots there i'm like this is looking great and then yeah, yeah. harvick catches on and- fire yeah, the fire thing, you know, we're going to go into huge detail on that. That You can listen to about five other podcasts right now. They're all talking about it because Rodney Childress got on, on Twitter and went crazy and, and, and Instagram today. There was videos. And and so, yes, they're definitely looking into it. From what I understand, they're going to make some changes already that they've figured out yeah. something something that they had said. Well, now they're going to let them adjust it. That's great. Um, scary, though, because Very. like 
like Ryan was on the radio. Did he get out of there? Yeah. And uh, my wife said, well, she says he was over the wall before anybody got to him before the caution was even thrown. He was out of the car and over the wall <laughs> before, yeah. they, you know, so good for him that he got out of there. Now here's where the bad things happen. Okay. So technically a uh, lap down, um, they had pitted just a couple laps earlier and, um, uh, 11th. Okay. So you got to take the wave around, which they do. And a bunch of other cars do to get back to the lead lap. Now, the way it's supposed to work is the wave around cars are supposed to be tail end of the longest line. And so Josh is giving him that Josh, when they go to, when their choose cone is happening, he's telling them, okay, da, 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 da. The high, the high line is the longer line. Okay. So Ryan gets behind the guy he gets behind. He goes up to the higher line, a couple guys. I think the 48 was one of them for sure. And there may be one or two other guys that were behind Ryan went down to the low lane. Mm-hmm. Ryan got on the radio and said, this is, you know, yeah, whatever you want to say. And he's right. It's, it's, it's not right. Um, of course they were going green in a half a lap. So nobody corrected it, which NASCAR should have, they should have stopped it and said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. You got to get back by behind the other guys in that line where you're supposed to be. Um, but they go green and there are two or three cars that were 13th or 14th or 15th in the low lane ahead of Ryan. It should not have been. And, and you've heard about this happening. You've heard some grumblings from the spotters on their podcast of things where they've, they've mentioned it off, you know, now they haven't gotten into detail about it, but mentioned it before, but that um, the guys in the back are, aren't always necessarily lined up properly, but normally the guys in the back aren't people that are going to affect the rest of this race. But in this case, I think it was 17 cars took the wave around here. Yeah. yeah and there's so, a lot of good cars back there. So they did, were able to kind of gain an advantage and that's unfortunate. Yeah. I think there were only, eight or nine cars on the lead lap. So there were two or three cars in front of Ryan and they went to the high line like they were supposed to. And then all these other ones behind him decide, Oh, well, we'll just go low. And it's like, no. And this is after the choose cone too. They're down in one or two, one and two. And that's when this is happening. They're going die bombing. And it's like, and you know, so I understand totally why he's mad. Yep. Um, and what can Josh do at that point? You know, he's, he's battling, you know, up there with, 36 other i don't know how close the officials are to those guys up there or anything and it's just you know so so something that nascar itself made a mistake on and they're not going to admit it they're just going to close their eyes and you know to them it didn't affect the first four or five cars so no big deal or i don't know but to me it affects ryan because ryan ends up on the restart left 283 back to 13th yep and he should have been 11th battling his way into the top 10 at this point um, at lap 306, he gets it up to 11th. You know, he does a good job getting it back up there. Um, at lap 317, we get some green flag pit stops. Um, by lap 328, he's up to eighth, but he falls back to about 10th in the next five or six laps. So, um, you know, his adjustments really weren't real good, and he was just kind of status quo. And a couple other guys who had made some adjustments that worked for them were, were working. Um, at lap 340, the 51 hits the wall. Um, they pit here, they go ninth going in and come out 12. So, um, the, the, there was some sort of issue and they, and they came, uh, came back in. Um, and this was all during when the 18 blows an engine too. So a lot of TV's coverage was about the 18 blowing an engine under under the caution. Um, the, the thing about it is they only lost a spot or two by coming back in and fixing this problem. Um, uh, 
because like I said, they come out 12th, they end up like 13th for the restart. So the 18, yeah. 18 leaves the, leaves the race. They'd come back in. They only lost like a spot on the whole thing. So it really wasn't like, you know, but there, there was some sort of issue with the stop. And I think it was Jonathan that said, that, you know, they watched the video and, and it didn't look right. So they just want to make sure. And they were like, okay, well, let's just make sure because you don't want, you know, once again, finish the race. You know, you're already, you're up there. You're doing pretty decent. You've gotten your stage points, finish the race and get, get the rest of those points. Um, really was the kind of the first hiccup of the night. Cause it's like yeah. I said, the team was pretty fire all night long. And I think I mentioned to you right after the stop, and this was before we knew that there was a wheel loose or something. And I said, like, it took an extra, a couple extra tugs on the left rear to get the wheel off. And I said, mm-hmm. I think that's why the stop was kind of slow. And I'm not sure. I don't even know if that was actually the wheel that they had an issue with or not, but it was just a, like something that I had noticed. And mm-hmm. um, I was like, Oh, you know, you know, you know, that it's not going to be perfect every single time. And it, they weren't in that bad of a position. Then yeah, obviously when you hear, okay, they got to come back in. That's not great. The 18 falling out of the race helps. I mean, mm-hmm. the 19 had also just fallen out prior to that. So yeah. um, there wasn't, it wasn't that big of a disadvantage, but when they were running in the top five, you know, not that long ago, I mean, it, it was a little, it was a little bit disappointing, but I like the way that Jonathan, you know, kind of leads the team there, you know, come back in, let's fix it. We have our points. Let's finish, mm-hmm. try to finish strong. So, and yeah. that's, so and, that and they goal. do, they do, uh, you know, lap three forty eight. we get the restart with the 43 leading now. And, and then this is, like I said, of all the points, things that are happening to, during the night, one of the biggest things is that we get a non-playoff winner here. Um, Did you think when the, uh, I mean, you're, we're not at the end yet, but um, the 11 lining up behind the 43, did you think Jones had a shot here? I don't think it 20 laps to go. Well, yeah, I think we you, all just assumed it was. Yeah. You assumed that Denny's going to get there, that the, the, the Gibbs cars were so strong all night long, all of them. Um, but you got to remember, like you pointed out and it was pointed out a lot afterward. Um, Jones has won this race before. Um, he tons really of top tens. Yeah. He, he really knows his, his way around the place. And, um, he does a great job just running good, consistent laps right to the end. Clean air is king uh, in any track. And um, once he had it, he knew what to do with it. Um, yeah, if he wins, Ryan finishes 13th. Um, Got passed right at the end by Larson, who Larson, had yeah. magically come back from the three laps down. And he was coming, and I knew it was, a, it was a matter of time. And Ryan was ahead, I think, going into the final lap, but he got him on the last lap. So, yeah. So, um, overall, though, uh, you know, just like uh, – you know, Ryan's quote afterwards, you get, got your stage points, you finished the race and, 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 and look at the people who had problems. You know, you had the nine car nine, well, yep. and this totally rocked his world. The 18 car that screwed up his finish. Um, the four car <laughs> that may have done it for the four car. I hate to say that with two more rounds to go, but you know, he needed to have good finishes all three rounds, you know, and that, that was not a good, not a good thing at all. So, um, you know, that keeps happening round around, but you have a day like today where it's not flashy, um, but it's pretty decent. Uh, you want to see top 10 really, if you can. Yep. Um, but like I said, the, the top uh, ninth and third in the two stages, you know, uh, pretty good points day overall. Now, I don't know what their relationship is like off the track, but we definitely know that Ryan and Eric Jones don't necessarily get along that well on the track they've had an incident at the clash earlier this year with the infamous uh hans toss 
prior to that, um, I think it was at the Daytona road course. I think Ryan actually spun Eric at one point during this race. Uh, Ryan was, I don't know whether he got impatient. I guess I can't really judge that, but um, Ryan threw a pretty big (laughs) slide job on him and uh, Eric got into the back of Ryan at that point. And then, you know, Eric goes on to win, but overall, and it might not be a popular opinion, especially amongst our team Blaney discord chat, but congratulations to Eric Jones. Uh, He's in the, he's the second, you know, JGR cast off since Daniel Suarez to go out there and win a race again after leaving that team, um, obviously at one of his best tracks, really cool to see the 43 in victory lane. I think they said 55 years to the day that Richard Petty won his only Southern 500. Uh, the 43 goes and wins this goes and wins this race. Um, cool to see. Yeah. So cool to see the 43 in victory lane at Darlington. And the last time we saw the 43 in victory lane was at Daytona with, I think Eric Almarola in a, in a rain shortened July race. So, um, Again, Ryan's won at plate tracks and stuff like that, so I don't want to discount that type of racing or anything, but it is cool to see a car like that and a newer team like that win. I don't even want to say like a legitimate racetrack, but at a track that's not like where you say is a wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a lot of effort and skill and, and a, a whole their pit stops all night long. I don't think they, they ever made a mistake. So yeah. um, congratulations to them. Uh, congratulations to the 12 team for, as, as you know, Ryan will say on days like this, thanks for staying in it all day, guys. That's kind of mm-hmm. what he usually says when it was kind of a blue collar effort. They got a lot of stage points and uh, ended up with a decent result, though. They're definitely looking for top 10 or top five. So, yeah. Steve, I think this would be a great time since we've talked about the points implications a little bit for you to hop over and uh, bring out your and I don't even know what to call it, but your playoff points big board. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you've got all the playoff cars on there, and uh, I like now it's definitely condensed down to to just them, so it's a little bit easier to follow. And um, I, I was trying to find what, and you can talk about this where we you know entered the playoffs at, uh, but Ryan's definitely up a spot. Is he? Does he yeah. have more points to the cut line than he did going in, or is it actually kind of evened out a little bit? Um, you know, oh yeah, you know, I, <laughs> that's a great question. Now that you say that, I need to, I need to go, <laughs> go back, back on your Twitter and, <laughs> and go back and find to out some your old, old pictures, old pictures. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, you're correct. There's he is, been, he's um, definitely up a spot. I mean, the, the four and the, oh, I think actually the four might've been behind him anyway, uh, but the nine definitely dropping down is kind of where he picks up the, up the position for sure. The five also, the five dropped down. That's I think right. one, I think eight has moved in front of him now. Or was the 20 one? Yeah. There's somebody who's moved out, but um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty, uh, pretty good move within one week. And I think he was closer to the cut line before. I think he's moved away from it further now. Uh, like I said, I have to go back and look and now next week I'll be, I'll be prepared for it next week. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a picture of it waiting so I can go back to it. But uh, yeah, let's, let's start at the top with uh, you know, with the, uh, the advantage now of the, uh, 22 car being 38 points to the cut line. So he had a big night uh, points wise. He finished up there um, and uh, had stage points both times. So, you know, the 22 car makes a big move. Um, the 24 had the consistent night winning a stage, which is going to help him down the line. Um, he's 32 to the good. They, uh, the 11 car there, um, the glare might be a little bit. I have to try to work on that, but uh, he's 30 points to the good at this point. Uh, once again, good, consistent night there. The 20 car ran up, up in the top 10 most of the night, 28 points to the good. And then, uh, the eight car, uh, like I said, he, he ran pretty good night too. And then we get to Ryan, like I said, 20 points to the good now. So now we're not sweating, uh, like we were two weeks ago about a cut line just yet. 
and I actually have an uh, update uh, mm-hmm. looking at your big board from last week. He came into this race plus six okay. to the I... cut line. So, um, or plus, sorry, plus seven to the cut line. No, I'm wrong. Yeah, it is plus six. He was tied with Hamlin. So comes in plus six, comes out of this plus 20. So that's a pretty big swing there. And all, a lot of that is due to the stage points that he got early on in the mm-hmm. race mm-hmm. and also seeing the the nine and five and some of these other guys drop down through. So yeah, that's pretty important. Yeah, I mean, and look at, um, you know, we got uh, the uh, <clears throat> the five car there, uh, plus 17. And then the one car is plus 15. And the one car has won two races this year. You know, so start to look at those kind of things too. You know, you've got a guy like that who's won two races. He's below Ryan now all of a sudden. Um, the 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 nine car there in the next column, um, 14 to the good. And what's interesting there is, like I said, he had the horrible night where he basically got nothing. Yeah. and finished finished at the at the at dead uh, last there and yeah you know, he can't afford another one like that at all you know so you can't have you know, somebody asked the question in the media today about how he's going to race the next race you know you've got to race you can't be like oh no i can't make sure i don't crash but um they got to be kind of weary um uh, that they don't have any kind of issue um you know because he <laughs> that's a big points lead he had to start with and he's already you know and he had a 30 would have been a 38 or 39 points points lead to start the playoffs. So they are, I mean, the, the main thing though, I mean, they've had a couple hiccups the last few weeks, but you know, that team, the nine team specifically is a threat to win at pretty much every single track. Um, the Hendrick Hendrick camp has speed. So Kansas isn't going to be a problem. Uh, Chase is also good at Bristol. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they, can pop back up there and get themselves solidly back in. But what we've learned from chase there, he went into this race this with that huge lead has a disastrous day. And there was actually a point in this race where he fell below the cut line, but some other things happened uh, that, that brought him back up throughout the series of that race. So Ryan at plus 20, uh, while that's good, uh, again, me, I'm maybe always looking at the downside of things mm-hmm. plus 20, but you know, one bad race, uh, well, we could put him back below the cut line. Now you just mentioned, I think about the nine and stuff. Is this going to affect how they run? Do you think it do now look at the 12 team? Does this affect strategy? Do they put more importance on trying to make sure they get stage points early on? Or do you think that them coming with, you know, the fastest car possible and racing as hard as possible will take care of stage points on their own? I think at this point they just, you know, race, race, like they raced last weekend, just, you know, get, you know, get yourself into the top 10 and then work your way up, you know, starting in the top 10 to begin with is the way to do it. And then just, you know, if you can be quicker than that, be quicker than that and, and just keep working on the car. Um, right now, I think they're from cruise, cruise control as far as just, you know, just no major mistakes, nothing blows up, nothing gets on fire. You know, that's, that's all they got to worry about in the next two weeks. Now, the only surprise here below the cut line probably would be Harvick, you know, coming in with two wins here. Um, I think a lot of the other three cars that are below are kind of the three that people, when you hear a lot of people talking about, talking about the playoffs and who they think is probably going to go out in the first round, you did hear a lot of two, three, and 14. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that's shocking, but I also, um, you know, wouldn't be surprised if someone like Austin Dillon is good at Kansas. You know, he was good at California earlier this year, and he's been good at some other places like that. Um, the two car has had plenty of races where they've run up front, just haven't necessarily got the finishes. The 14 though, I'm not sure. I mean, he's been in, he's much more competitive early in the year, obviously, you know, winning at Phoenix, uh, could have at least finished second at Bristol until he took himself and Tyler Reddick out on the turret. So, uh, I don't think there's, yeah, outside of Harvick, I don't think there's anyone that's too, 
surprising that's below the cut line yeah. here uh, no. going into this next race. No, but it was interesting as you're looking at that 48 is, is 10 points above and then 18 is only eight points above. And uh, the 18 has had issues. It hasn't been the driver. It's been other things that have yeah. affected him a lot this year. So, um, you know, another issue like that, and they're going to be in desperate need at Bristol. Um, the 99 car rebounded really well from the situation they had. Uh, so to be you know, just, uh, to them, they got to be playing with house money, um, they're, you know, above the cut line and it's onward and upward from here. And honestly, they, they could have been better. He ran up into the top five at Darlington and then got caught speeding on pit road late. Uh, if not, he'd probably be, and he'd probably be up past chase. I would think, um, with mm-hmm. the points he probably could have earned with a, a much better finish. So. But track house uh, has been kind of up and down. Uh, we talked about the one car now just plus 15. I think he, you, there was a stretch there in the season where he was in like six straight top fives or something like that. Yeah, I think he's in seven races right now where he hasn't finished better than 15th. Um, so this week here is it's a mile and a half. Um, I can't wait to look at this board next week. Um, the mile and a half, they're not going to be running into each other on purpose next week after that though <laughs> you know there's gonna be bullseyes all over the one car <laughs> and and the 20 car too from what you know from what uh, daniel said in his post race so um these guys here points wise got to get themselves in a good position where they don't need a lot of points in that last race uh, uh, at the cutoff so um yeah, this board is going to be great to, to use. Hopefully every week we'll have it. I'll work on that glare problem that I got there, but um, it'll be great to look at uh, week by week as we keep moving up the standings and um, sure we're above that cut line every week. All right, Steve, now that we've gone run through our playoff standings, we've run through our recap of the Darlington race. Um, why don't we go ahead and look forward real quick to the race that's upcoming this weekend that we mentioned, and that's the Hollywood Casino 400 this Sunday, September 11th at Kansas Speedway. You can catch the race at 3 p.m. Eastern time on USA Network and on the radio with MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. Going to kick things off on Saturday with practice and qualifying. Uh, I believe that will be at 10 a.m. And um, I'm looking forward to... uh, all right, that was like 12. Oh, sorry. Yes, that, that would be right. Yes, 12, because it's central time. I always get right. that, that stuff mixed up. Um, yeah, so noon for that practice and qualifying. And um, you mentioned the Team Penske cars, and we say this kind of every year. They've been fast on mile and a half in the past. Uh, Kansas has been a place where Ryan has run really well. Uh, they were running really well last year, I think up toward the lead uh, in one of the races and kind of got punted by Larson going into one of the turns. Um, if you take a look at Ryan's statistics at Kansas, he has 15 starts there. Uh, and this kind of shows you 15 starts, uh, six top tens, three top fives. Um, so pretty good stats overall, but he has had a little bit of trouble over the last seven races. Um, so had really strong early in his career and then kind of has a, had a hiccup here in the middle here, starting uh, with the races in 2019. So um, a little bit troubling, 32nd, 21st, 20th. He did have a seventh uh, in the second race in 2020, then 21st, 37th, and he was 12th there earlier in the spring. So with all of that, an average finish of 16.9. So he he runs really well. There's been portions here uh, where he's led laps. Now it goes back to 2017 or at 2015, he led five laps, 2017 in the spring race, he led 83 
2018. He led 54, but crashed out of that one. And the, the second race in 2021 there that I think I was mentioning that uh, he, when he and, he and Larson got together, um, he crashed out of that one too. So it's a little bit, a little been a little bit up and down, you know, 12th earlier this season, I think they can kind of build on that uh, and kind of build on this momentum that they've gotten after you know, once they've gotten into the playoffs here. Yeah, this, um, the mile and a half don't worry me at all. Uh, having a chance to watch a whole weekend, like we got to watch it this past weekend. It's real interesting. Um, you know, they drive what they brung pretty much and there are slight adjustments they can make. And then there's like some adjustments they're allowed their NASCAR allows to make the day of and so on and so forth. Um, I think they're in pretty good shape there. I think, uh, you know, it's a matter of just timing sometimes, um, you know, cloud cover, <laughs> you know, it's so funny, but uh, we want practice and then qualifying. There was a cloud that came over at the right time, about two or three guys before Ryan uh, went out to qualify. Um, you know, so those kind of things are really kind of fun to watch on Saturday. Uh, if he can get himself into the top 10 to start off the race, I, I guarantee he's going to move to the front and be in the top five by the end of the race. So, so not worried at all. Just staying out of people's messes basically is the big thing. Yeah, I'm going to be happy if they're able to get some good stage points in the first couple of stages, and then let's see where this thing shakes out. There is going to be a point where, I mean, we were, I don't want to say spoiled because they're our team capable of doing this, but, you know, leading into the playoffs last year, they had already had three wins, still waiting for that elusive points win. Obviously, we celebrated his win in the All-Star race earlier this year, but still waiting for that elusive points victory, and that's kind of been the the storyline going into every race this year, you know, when's Ryan Blaney going to win a race, uh, let alone that it's crazy. The fact that we've had 17 different winners this year and Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. Haven't won yet. <laughs> so there's a possibility here where by the end of the season, I feel like we could, I mean, hopefully Ryan wins one, if not multiple races, I wouldn't be surprised to see the 19 actually win. They could have won this week. Um, I think there's a point where we can maybe get to 20 winners. I do think if Ryan doesn't win this week, it will be a repeat winner. Um, I think it might be the time where a playoff guy kind of shows up here. Somebody from Hendrick. Um, not, not so fast. Not so fast. Not so fast. Give what different about, ideas. What about the 45 car? Good point. The car is the, the car won earlier in the spring. Mm -hmm. Bubba Wallace has been running really well, probably the last five or six, six races. And, you know, you've got a top 10 at Darlington ran up front the entire day. Um, this could be an opportunity, especially if they kind of come up, come there with a similar setup. I don't know what their mm -hmm. driving styles are like. Um, but I, it's one of those things I really, really would rather see Ryan win. But if Bubba had to go out and, and get a victory, I'm totally fine with that because I love silencing all of his haters. So, um, this, I, this, I wouldn't be too sad if, if the 45 went to victory lane. I added this to my scenario. Didn't I tell you that to my, to my scenario for the year? Uh, you're, you're my wonderful, rock. wonderful, my wonderful, horrible scenario. Well, it's not horrible in the end, but it'd be kind of fun. Um, or Ryan wins the championship without winning a race. Well, Phoenix, uh, Bubba gets gets the owners points, gets gets to the gets the car to the owners points championship by Phoenix, and then Bubba wins Phoenix, winning the owners points championship. <laughs> while Ryan finishes second that day and wins the overall championship. Now, I still would much rather see Ryan win somewhere like Homestead yeah. or Bristol or literally yeah. anywhere along the way. So I wouldn't call this our dream scenario, but it would kind of be a funny, a funny scenario. But I mean, a yes. championship's a championship. That's, that's all. it. Doesn't matter that's how he does it.
So again, if you want to catch this race, the Hollywood Casino 400 this Sunday, September 11th at Kansas Speedway, you can catch it on TV on the USA Network and on the radio with MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. So we celebrated our regular season champion last week in the Team Blady NASCAR Fantasy Live League, and that was Math Mom 4. Uh, it asked uh, for them to reach out to us on uh, Facebook or Twitter or anything, email us, haven't heard back yet, but so still congratulations to that. But we've moved on into the first round of the playoffs. And the way we usually do this is we'll kind of run through the playoff standings because those kind of reset for their own thing. And then we also just kind of keep track of the regular standings too, because I feel like people still kind of enjoy that overall uh, points earned type of situation. So in this case, um, when we do look at this, the points earned this past week at Darlington will actually also be the current playoff standings. And then I'll give you the overall standings as well. Um, going into this week, I thought I had a really stout team selected for Darlington. Again, the picks all reset. So you had five fresh uses for any driver that you'd like in the field. Um, so I put together this team of Tyler Reddick, um, Joey Logano, Kyle Larson, Kyle Bush, William Byron had Ryan in the garage, uh, who I should have taken out of the garage and put in my lineup. Uh, but I wasn't smart enough to do that. I'll blame it on uh, wireless or, or something like that while we're, while we're at the track. Let's say that's what it was. Uh, they did have good internet there. I they know. did. I know I can't, <laughs> so I can't really blame it on that. And with the, the stands full, that was actually kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the, those picks and those starters, you know, Reddick got me 38 points, Logano 40 William Byron, 45, and he actually got the most points earned. I'm like, man, looking at this lineup, I, you know, there's, I gotta be in the top 10. Um, I did have Larson and Bush. They both only earned me 25. If I would have swapped uh, Ryan in for one of those two, Ryan got 34 overall points. So that would have boosted me uh, a little bit, actually probably close to the the top 10, but I didn't do that. Um, Featured matchups. I picked Austin Dillon over Sindrick, and that was wrong by one position. I picked Elliott over Hamlin. That was wrong because Elliott crashed out. I picked Larson over Kyle Busch. That worked out for me. And I picked Reddick over Harvick. So, and that worked out. So I was, I split the, the featured matchups, uh, but it still wasn't good enough to get me into the top 10. So, uh, but somebody that did solidly finish in the top 10 was your team in uh, Mez 12 there. So what did your lineup look like? I'm interested to know if it was the featured picks or if you actually had a couple guys in there that I didn't that boosted you. A little bit of everything. Um, I had Joey and William. Good picks. And Tyler. Good pick. And Christopher Bell. Ah, yeah. In front so, all day. Yep. I had 44 points out of him. Uh, my only mistake was it was Kyle Bush, and I couldn't make that move till, um, till you know, it was too late because he was that happened at the end of the race. Yeah. Um, and he was still worth 25 total points. Don't get me wrong. He had yeah, gained a lot bad. of stage points. Because my garage guy that I would have swapped him with was Ryan, and Ryan had 34 points, so I could have had what is that? Uh, nine, I could have had nine more points. Um, all four of my bonus matchups I got correct. Ah. Yeah, I had Austin over uh, Cindric over Dylan, <laughs> the Austins, um, Denny over Chase, Kyle over Larson over Bush, <laughs> the Kyles. And then uh, Tyler beating Harvick. So I had all four of those correct. And that's, that's where all the, you know, that's where the big points come from um, putting it over the top there. So, so let's take a look at those standings. And again, as I mentioned, the, the standings and, and points earned at Darlington will also be our current 
playoff standings for the Team Blade and NASCAR Fantasy Live League. So we have a three-way tie in the 10th position with Rochi 12, Blaney's Daisy, and Factory of Sadness with 215 points. Ninth, Penske Fan 24, 217. Uh, 7th, uh, Rogers T, my wife, 219 points. Also tied in 7th is the defending champion, Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing. In 6th, Go 12 Go, 221 points. 5th, Cheesehead Fan, 222 Fourth, Moose 1616, 228. Third, Aw, 723, 231. And there's some new names in here. So when we say, that's great. Um, you know, if you haven't set your lineup in a while, which there's not really that many people, you can still mm-hmm. jump in, especially jump now in. that the playoffs have started mm-hmm. and, and have some fun. You still might get a shout out here on the podcast. And then in second, the aforementioned Mez 12, 232 points, and just four points ahead of Mez in first position, Fry Gal. 12 236 points so that's the top 10 in points earned at darlington race darlington raceway and it also serves as the current top 10 in the team blading nascar fantasy live league playoff standings now let's go over to the overall standings. so this is taking into account points that have earned all season long and the top 10 there in the 10th position two bushes no johnson's 4934 points ninth eric d15 4953 eighth blaney kicks beep 4955 seventh the dalai lama four 4975 six factory of sadness 4989 fifth rogue tough 4,995. Fourth, JD Racing, 4,996. That's a tight battle right there. In second, uh, we have a tie. Fry Gal 12 and Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, 5,089 points. And man, the overall standings here are really, really tight here. Um, Math Mom 4 holds the lead in the first position, 5,098 points. So less than 10 points separating first and the tie for second here. Uh, so if everyone's keeping track, um, it's exciting. It's an exciting uh, point standings right now. The point standings in the fantasy league are tight. The point standings in the cup series playoffs are tight. And uh, I think we're all just having fun along the way. Um, now my uh, spot here in the overall standings, I'm in the 27th position and Steve, you've moved up a little bit here into the 16th spot, 4,834 points. So um, you're moving up. I'm kind of staying stagnant in the twenties, which I think compared to last year, I think I hung around the 40s. So I'm going to say this is a, an improvement. <laughs> um, anybody going into this week at Kansas that you're looking at, it may, might be some people we just talked about in the preview there, like uh, Bubba Wallace might be somebody that you start, but you wouldn't have normally started somewhere else. Ryan, any of the Team Penske guys, probably the Hendrick guys. I'll know about 1.30, 2 o'clock Saturday. Good point. Uh, yeah, qualifying practice. Um, but, you know, generally the way this usually work, you got to look at about, eight or 10 of those guys that are in the playoffs first, um, especially at the mile and a half, because it just pretty much shakes out that way. It just seems to be that the, the playoff guys are all going to be near the front uh, to start the race. So um, for reference here in the spring race, Kurt Busch won the race. Obviously he's going to be out, uh, but the 45 car is in with Bubba Wallace. Second was Larson, third, Kyle Busch, fourth, Denny Hamlin, fifth, Christopher Bell, sixth, Martin Truex Jr., um, that tells you, you might want to start some Toyotas and they mm-hmm. were strong this week at Darlington as well. Yeah. Um, seventh Ross Chastain, eighth Ricky Stenhouse jr. I'm not, that was a, I don't know if that was strategy or if he just had a really strong run. Ninth was Bowman. 10th was Bubba Wallace, 11th Austin Sindrick. And I'll just go to 12th where we had Ryan Blaney. And I mentioned Austin Dillon, when we were talking about points, he finished 13th earlier in the season at Kansas. So, 
Um, there's a lot of playoff guys there, a lot of Toyotas all there. Um, and uh, a lot of, a lot of good people to choose from for a lineup this week. And like you said, Bubba Wallace finished top 10. His teammate won the race. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say he might be my lock, my lock of the week. I'm putting him into my lineup. I can't wait to see the Toyotas now after the little infraction problem they had a month or two ago. That's true. That's true. Um, Cause this will be one of the, you know, they haven't run a lot of mile and a half since that happened. So I kind of interested to see, interested to see how that works out. I mean, a lot of people saying it wasn't making that big a difference, but I don't know, to me, anytime you cover up an area and you know, it helps downforce just a little bit, sometimes it just, you know, just enough where you feel it in the seat and that's all some of these guys need is that extra extra feeling of that, 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 that they can make the move they need to make when they need to make it. So I'm kind of interested to see how that goes. The other thing that could be interesting too, you're talking about NASCAR looking into this issue with the fires. And one of the th- and the main things that Ronnie Childers brought up uh, in his Twitter, I don't want to call it a rant, but in his Twitter education of everybody, was he's talking about how big the openings are on the front of this car that's letting in a lot of debris and a lot of the rubber. So if the NASCAR, if their solution is to change the grill openings or things, that's going to affect things like downforce. And I don't know that will give anybody an advantage, but it could mess with your setup and speed and various other things. So it might be an interesting weekend, like you said, overall at Kansas. Yeah. Yeah, we'll so, kind of see what happens here with the all the, all these changes. You know, that the, the, they change the clock too on uh, the repair clock. <laughs> that's too. right. We have Raymond yeah. Fox on last week talking about how amazing uh, the the twelve team did getting. Uh, I think he he said it was a tow link uh, changed on the on the car at Daytona under in under six minutes, and then so they're able to do that. And then the teams come in, I guess they've been pressuring NASCAR. And then after that success happens, they extend it to 10. And I, that was one thing I forgot to ask Raymond when we saw him this week was what he thought about uh, what what they could have done with those two extra minutes if they, or um, sorry, those four extra minutes, if they would have done that. So, yeah. yeah, So that, that, that DVP damage vehicle clock goes from six to 10 minutes. And a lot of it has to do with being able to change things like tow links in at Darlington, um we saw three or four guys even chase elliott i think the damage that he had on the rear was a rear toe link uh, that had that that car's wheel all bent in in the back so um i think they're seeing that if this is going to be a problem going forward they want to at least give teams the opportunity to be able to change something like that within it so 10 minutes now (laughs) 10 Mm -hmm. minutes now after the 12 team got it in under six so uh good for them So I think we've got everybody caught up on the happenings at Darlington, what's happening this weekend at Kansas. But one more thing we need to catch people up on. Uh, We had some exciting news on the dirt tracks this past weekend. Uh, For one, I talk a lot about Sharon Speedway and all the time that I spent there. So I'm always excited to bring anything up that's happening there. After 17 years, Sharon Speedway saw the return of the Sharon Nationals, which uh, if anyone grew up in that area or followed sprint car racing, uh, while it wasn't something like the Knoxville Nationals, the Sharon Nationals were still a huge deal. Uh, A lot of really famous drivers came uh, through town uh, you know, in the eighties and nineties and, and won that race. So after 17 years, the return of the Sharon nationals, and they also kind of grouped the Sharon nationals with the Lou Blaney Memorial. Um, now the news that came out last week that excited me the most was we saw the return of Dale Blaney, uh, behind the wheel of a sprint car after I think more than a year, I think last year he spent a lot of time as an official with the all-star circuit of champions. I think he's made some life moves and, and things like that. That's kept him out of a car this year, but he comes back this week. Uh, this past week and runs a second car 
the uh, 10B alongside uh, Dave Blaney. Uh, so there are two red number 10 cars out there competing this weekend. The Sharon Nationals uh, took place over two days, a Friday and a Saturday at Sharon Speedway. Uh, both of those races were sanctioned by the All-Star Circuit of Champions, and the Saturday race itself was the Lou Blaney Memorial. Uh, so the Friday race with the All-Stars, uh, both the Blaney's made the dash, and they finished uh, third and fourth in that. Dale went ahead and finished fourth in the race. Uh, Dave finished 20th. Of note is the fact that those two did tangle on the racetrack, and it kind of sent Dave to the back, and he ended up not finishing the race. But Dale, you know, after more than a year out of a sprint car, finishes top five with the all-star circuit of champions. And there's a lot of stout drivers that are mm-hmm. following that circuit this year. Brent Marks went on to win. He's had several wins with the all-stars this year. Second night of the Sharon nationals. There was the Lou Blaney Memorial um, did see a lot of photos of Blaney fans that they talked about wanting to do kind of like a Lou Blaney shirt out. Everyone wanted everybody to wear a shirt. Um, we did get some photos uh, from the Marriottis that I called our roving team Blaney reporters that were out there. Uh, at, at Sharon Speedway for the Lou Blaney Memorial. We were able to post some photos of that. Um, they were able to catch up with the folks from the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation, which, you know, we're always uh, doing our best to kind of support them. So it was really nice they got to catch up with them. Um, but in the racing action, Dale comes home in the sixth position in the feature. Dave finishes 12th. And Cap Henry, who won earlier in the year in the Buckeye Cup at Sharon Speedway, went on to get probably one of the biggest wins of his career in the Lou Blaney Memorial. Um, so like I said, always great to see Dave and Dale out on the racetrack. Really, really great to see Dale back behind the wheel of a sprint car. And Dale actually, I think, has at least tentatively has they're, several more races on tap this this week or this I year. Think, I think both of them um, are going to do a couple couple different things coming up in the next couple of weeks. I know Lernerville was on the schedule. Um, so, yeah, uh, keep an eye out for that. I'm sure there was a link somewhere that, that posted that. It might have been the Blaney Bunch itself. Um, for through through their uh, fan club so yeah keep an eye out uh, both dave and dale will be running together a couple places in those dueling 10 cars which was kind of cool to see yeah so awesome congratulations to them on their you know pretty decent runs over the weekend and um like i said i love uh you know i followed i got to see way more of dale running a sprint car than i have dave uh just because that was kind of the prime of dale's career uh he was winning a ton of races back then too uh so really really awesome to see him back behind the wheel and it was kind of cool you know they've run as teammates before actually i think in the lou blaney memorial so this isn't a new thing necessarily um but just to see kind of dale shake off the dust and, and come out there and finish you know top five top ten in both of those nights was great so um, congratulations to them. Congratulations to uh, everybody that put on the Lou Blaney Memorial and everybody from the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation that's involved in that as well. So, Steve, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, please listen to our very first episode that dives deep into our Blaney fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Team Blaney and on Instagram at Team.Blaney. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization championed by Ryan and his family supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. Find out more about the foundation online at ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org or on any of their active social media channels so for my co-host steve mez i'm adam rogers we'll catch you next time right here on the team blaney podcast thanks again justin good night brussels good night goblins <laughs>